sound chamber. We live in entertainment. Uh, come on. Yeah. Come on. Hey. Yeah. So, so, what's up? What's up? What's up? Yo, this is the tip off, kick off, whatever, get it poppin' hot. I'm seven sides, this man of the starting five, the Megan and JP, like Ron and Kyrie, get the latest on the greatest. I talk for my team, yep. Sport news on the two, starting the ball like my I need more, so I turn to my boss, NBA, NFL, MLB. Who do it better than these fellas? You tell me, this a champion team, understand? Messing so y'all sick of the shine, cause they on the climb, y'all in Carmelo Land. Need to lay off that la la, be barbershop ready. Get your info proper from the Beckham that kick goes to the Beckham, make a one hand grab to the end zone. They got it covered, word to the mother. I run rap, they run game reporting. Danny JP, you on it, how y'all want it, huh? Yeah, bunch. What's going on, y'all? It's your boy, the mayor, that DJ named Ace Five. Your mom's favorite fat guy from deepest, darkest Africa, aka the round mound of the podcast town. That fat black Boondini Brown screaming Rumble, young man Rumble, as my hairline recedes more and more. At the age of 40, finally, <laughs> we are back with the first episode of 2020 of the start of five. Now, we switch things up. We need y'all to hit the Facebook up. Yes, if you want to call us old, we fucking are old, so what? Facebook is still the shit. And we just started a new Facebook group, the start of five podcast. Look for us on there. Friend request, ask to join. It's an open group right now. We got about 161 members. We pulled that off in about a week and a half's time. Shout out to everybody who helped me reach the goal of 100 members in a week. We did 100 members in about three or four days, and that was pretty dope. But true indeed. Without with, without that with that being said, that verse you heard just now is the newest member of the starting five team. You heard him on our last episode, the year-end wrap-up of 2019. He is now a permanent mainstay with us. State your name and let the people know who you are. What's up, what's up, what's up, Dan? Happy New Year and all of that. My name is TJ, a.k.a. the new guy, a.k.a. the light-skinned bastard, a.k.a. that guy. So I just want to say thank you for putting me on the team. Um, loving to join you guys, and uh, can't wait to get this year off and popping. Uh, this first show of the new year is going to be solid, good, and I am here to kick it off. So let's get it done, son. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's get it done, son. Thank you again for joining the team. Because of times like this, the good brother, the oldest man in charge, JP, he's going to be a little late on the show. You might hear him on the second half of the show. But uh, we, you know, we we got to get this thing rolling because it's 2020, and man, I, I've had the urge to 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 get the podcast in like immediately, man. This like month month or so off has been fucking semi stressful. Not just not podcasting, just life in general, man. Which I might do. You might hear a new mayor's office about me going in pretty deep on where my head has been, and it it hasn't been in a good place, but. 
You know what? I didn't get to see professional help yet, but venting, venting via podcast sometimes helps. And maybe definitely, it can help definitely. somebody else. Too. Maybe it can help somebody else too. But uh, with that being said, man, let's just, I'm going to let the people know, man, what we got in store for this month of January. You know, a lot of podcasts have already did their decade shows. They did their one shows. But us here on the starting five, we decided to dedicate the whole month of January. Just like how we do the month of March, we dedicate the whole month of March to women with Women's History Month. So with the with the month of January, we're going to actually do our retrospective of the past decade from the 2010s to 2019 to cap off those 10 years. I know people like to say, oh, the decade doesn't start till 2021. Fuck yourself. <laughs> We're doing it our way. <laughs> We're doing it our way. We're enjoying this shit. We're going to have fun. And we're going to do four separate shows. The second, the, the towards the end of the month, we're going to do best teams in sports across the board, across all sports. We're going to do a top 10 best teams of the decade. Then we're going to do a top 10 best athletes of the decade. Next week we're going to bring next week we're going to bring you in no particular order the ten best rap albums that we felt came out in the past decade. There's gonna be a lot of controversial picks because it's a tough list, believe, brother. Yeah, it is it is, but you best believe I might throw in some doom. I'm definitely throwing in some show <laughs> fight. So if you don't like doom, fuck it. But I know y'all love some show price like I do. And this week, we're going to talk about politics and pop culture, and we're going to do, in no particular order, 10 things that happened within the last decade that, you know, it, it, it some ways changed the world, changed this country. Um, other things, especially pop culture-wise, like set off a lot of things, and TJ, I want you to start off with the first topic. All right. We're going to get into this whole Disney MCU uh, that just broadsword and just swept over everything in the country worldwide. The box office numbers, madness. They're in the Star Wars. They're into Marvel. They're into every aspect of the game. The only thing they haven't taken over, maybe and they should, is to get in on that Transformers money and reboot that. Um the just the domination yeah, fix, from fix all from, the Michael Bay mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> from the first Iron Man all the way to Avengers Endgame. I mean the run has been phenomenal. And getting uh Warner Brothers, uh, not Warner Brothers, Fox in at the end there to do the crossover with Spider-Man and that cast of characters. And now we're going to have a whole new genre with the Fantastic Four. And uh, they're coming out with the first Asian superhero uh, later on in the year. That's right. Yeah. It's Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Yeah. And they're, they're, that bread has been buttered. And people are, that's just a franchise that just won't stop. Now, I've been a, comic fan, comic book fan since I can remember. Uh, so for those, for coming up 
and seeing that being brought to life. I always compare it to the video games. I always used to say the people that are making the video games now are the kids that we were that wanted to, how the video games look when we were playing the Atari 2600s, the Commodore 64s. Our imaginations made the game better. But with, due to technology and science and computers and graphics and special effects, it's bringing everything to life. And it's everything we've imagined now coming to life on screen. And the run has just been bananas. I mean, maybe you can take here and there maybe a couple of corny movies out of a decade run. I'll take that all day. I think they've done over uh, a couple of billion dollars in sales, not even talking about marketing uh, merchandising and T-shirts and hats—it's ridiculous. And dude, right there, right there alone, I want to jump in. In that, go ahead. Marvel, Marvel had, I think, a string, a run, of maybe I think three or four movies that all have done a billion dollars. Let's start with Black Panther for first off. I mean, Black yes. Panther was. Like, I mean, you, you want to bring the entire black coalition to one place at one time? Black Panther accomplished that while destroying, like, box office. It just seemed like they destroyed box office records worldwide. It, it was, did, it and it was crazy. never done before. Never done before. Right. On a level that's with that, bringing a, a culture and a people and it was like it'll never sell commercially, and it crushed numbers overseas, internationally, right. everywhere. And, and that was their biggest and fear. And let yeah, and let's think about that because that movie did amazing. Well, it didn't do it did. I mean, no, it did amazing in China of all places. Mm-hmm. A black a black superhero in China did numbers. With a ninety percent black cast. With a ninety percent yes. black cast, it was like six white people in that movie. <laughs> if that, and then and and uh, they and interesting enough, it was a white person who was the first one to die in the movie. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about that. I forgot that. That was a crazy role role reversal. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, role but, reversal. I mean, but black, I mean black, black Panther. And then we get to, I mean, we're, we're kind of skipping over a ton of movies, but yes. my, pers- my personal favorites of the entire MCU, uh, uh, was it Phase 1 or Phase 2? Yeah, Phase, no, phase one, 1, yeah. Uh, Infinity War and Endgame. You brought, you mm. brought when, when, like you just said, comic books have been in your life since I don't know what. Like, again, when I was like five. I, I recall. I record on the road. I'm right down the block from where it used to be the comic book shop. It's been no longer for a few decades now, but the comic book shop that I first started to go to to buy comic books and stuff, to see my favorite character, Thanos, appear on screen and done correctly. Let's just say That's the done key. Correctly, That's the done key. Done correctly. Out fucking standing. Out, and then again, Endgame, People, surprisingly, people didn't really take to it well because it was a movie full of fan service. But it was the mm-hmm. perfect way. To, it was the perfect way to cap off twenty plus movies that all strung together 
into one storyline. And it is not just 20 plus movies, 20 plus movies, plus a few TV show uh, series with the Agent Carter, uh, right. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Shield right. Agents, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of killed me because everybody was hating on the first season. I was the only person that felt like that was liking it. Then it got to the second season, and then people started to warm up. And then I I dropped off of it, and then everybody's like, yo, this show is the shit all of a sudden. <laughs> I was like, with y'all at day one. Let like, me tell you. Let me, let me tell you. I was the day one with the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I made it to, like, episode four, and I never went back. And I was just like, it, I can't it was, do it. I can't, I was, can't, season, I can't do it. It, it was corny. It felt like it didn't make sense. Now, corny. Let's, let's bring in a failure. They did have a, a flop, which was disappointing. In, in humans, I was that highly was trash. upset. Yo, it, it was just the way the sets looked. The acting was terrible. The guy who was Black Bolt did not give me Black Bolt vibe. And then, two, I mean, we're supposed to be talking about the highlights right now, but I'm giving a little bit of the, we got to give a little bit of the low points. What killed oh, me when it, when, it come, when it came to this comic book movies as a whole was learning how actors and you 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 kind of understood and learned how actors have written in their contracts a certain amount of fate you know screen FaceTime to mm-hmm. where I think that was the reason why we didn't get a lot of the costumes true to character. Mm. Black and think Black about Bolt. That. Black Bolt was the reason why I thought about that right this second because you never seen him in the black mask with tuning fork on the on the forehead in like the white winged suit. It was just some little scrawny dude that just played mute. Let's be honest, I think they half assed that. They mailed it in oh, and they, they, they were riding they they mailed it in and they were just riding off the coattails of all the success the previous shows had. And they thought if they just put it out there with that minimal effort, people were going to eat it up. And, and it didn't tried. happen like that. Let's, let's, yo, let's be honest. Let's remember. They tried hard with that because they they put out the first episode or maybe the first two episodes in theaters first. But they who did they test screen that with? They, because if they test screen they, that properly, they, somebody should have been like, this is trash. We can't. Let's pull yeah, it back and, and not do it. You know what I'm saying? Just like what, what they you... did with Sonic the Hedgehog. They they pulled that shit back and they redid them and Sonic looks like Sonic, but it didn't come out yet. Right. Right. But, I mean, you have to you have to listen to the people sometime. I mean, pe- these is people's childhoods that you're you're, you're holding on to <laughs> and you're trying to bring into and you're trying to bring into the fold new new the younger generation, the millennials who've never heard of these characters outside of the main core of Avengers. You know what I'm saying? So, right. like, when you say the Inhumans, they're like, what the fuck is an Inhuman? You know what I'm saying? Is that a band? Right. You know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> it's like... And then, too, let's be honest, though, when, when it comes to comic books, on the comic book side of things, also Marvel tried to push the Inhumans because of the whole deal with Fox and the X-Men. And mm. that... That was a major factor within that, too. With Fox and the X-Men, they tried to just say, well, fuck the X-Men. Y'all don't want to give us this in this realm, so let's try to move with the Inhumans. But they did it wrong. They did but it wrong. To be honest, 
in my opinion, that was Marvel's one misstep. Now, a lot of people will say here, movies here and there were kind of wrong, like, you know, the, the second the second and third Thor, like Thor The Dark World. and um, Yeah, that was, um, that was all right. The second Iron Man, I wasn't too impressed with either, but, I mean... Yeah, and that was those were those were before the decade I think the Iron Man stuff. What that yeah. started in what two thousand three or two thousand four I think the whole journey started. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, but, like what really but, solidified it for me, uh, not to cut you off, uh, was um, when they did Winter Soldier. That's like my favorite out of the entire one. I mean, when you're talking, when you're talking on a movie, movie like you're talking, you're, you're getting fully invested in the script and everything. Right. That, yeah. That probably was like the best like movie. Like, and, and right. You know what I mean? The way I'm saying movie. Yeah. Like, right. As I a mean, just a standalone film, it would have been good by itself. Yeah. Like, yeah. If it wasn't, yeah. If it wasn't attached to Marvel, if it wasn't attached to Captain America: Winter Soldier. Like that whole spy espionage, you know, was dope. Going yeah, they did it right. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did it right that it could have stood alone as something, you know, non Captain right. America. Right. And right. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. that was that was a huge step for Disney. But again, then let's bring in let's bring in the the, the Captain Marvel. Say what you want, but Marvel's I think that was Marvel's first female lead superhero movie. It is. And it was, Hands down. it was pretty good. I, I, it was I decent. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't like holy shit, but it no. was pretty deep. It was pretty good. It was. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't pretty good. It was pretty good. My thing is. My thing is. I felt they needed to throw that in there before Endgame came out. You know what I'm saying? So it was like they, it looked rushed. That's the way I right, felt about right, it. Right. And that, you know what I'm saying? Because they, they it, it was like they had to uh, get people familiar with her because she was a... She just can't pop in out of nowhere, right? <laughs> they, in, in a way, though, if you think about it, the way they set her up with the whole beeper and everything, they yeah. set it up with... They could have had her just fly in right. in Endgame to save the day. Right. And then they rolled into... Captain Marvel and the whole women's push that they're going to be pushing in in this next phase, which is going right. to be dope. We get our right. Tessa Thompson as as the new Thor, even though yeah, we got did. Black Widow dropping later this year. Yep, yep, and uh, and yeah, they I, they they're also moving up the Wand Division too on the Disney yes. Disney Plus on the Disney Plus. Another, yeah, that's another thing to cap this off, Disney. The, the, the giant conglomerate mouse that they are, they capped the they capped the decade off with dropping the Disney Plus service to rival the Netflix and well not even it to be honest with you it's not even a true rival because no. it's its own standalone it's everything within one yeah it's everything everything Disney within one and it's so far so good because you get to go back and there's a lot of yeah, I would say our childhood flashback stuff, like the early, you know, I, I was I was binging the X Men series on there. Then I hit a binge. <laughs> of, then I hit a binge, I, and I still haven't finished the X Men. But then mm-hmm. I hit a binge of of the nineteen eighty one Spider Man cartoon, which Ooh. that right, they, yo, TJ, that shit right there. 
we could do a whole – I wanted to do a whole podcast series just about that cartoon, but not just talking about the cartoon, yo, but talking about, all, yo, talking about all of the fuck-ups within that. And, 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 and to think back on, you know what? We were kids then. And you didn't care. That shit didn't make a fucking difference. <laughs> and honestly, when I watched it when I was younger, like that was on like maybe second or third run on TV because right. 1981, I was only maybe two or three years old. Yeah. I was born in 79, so I wasn't old enough to really know what it was then, but I knew about it no. later in life. And right. then to grow up, and then to grow up in hip-hop the way we are, sitting back in retrospect watching that cartoon – and listening to all the doom samples in that shit was mm, that's every crazy. Episode, every episode, the music in that was what was sampled on Beef Rap, which was one of my favorite tracks from Doom off the mm, well, you, Food album. Well, you know what? I can't watch Scooby Doo the same way anymore because now I hear the Doom beats with the Scooby Doo soundtrack. <laughs> right, right, over, right, you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 I'm just, I just like yep. bugging out. <laughs> yeah, but to cap this, to cap this off, man, this Disney had a decade for the the ages, and uh, again, I mean, props, props, and hats off to the fucking, the fucking conglomerate that is the fucking mouse and True that. Walt, Disney's head, Walt Disney's head frozen allegedly in Disney World and all that shit. But check that this out, Dad. Yeah. Shout out to the lady who's head of all of that. Yeah, the woman who's part of a... Or she's the, what is the woman that was the heiress to the Disney fortune who so graciously did that video when, ta- when Trump did the, uh, the tax plan and right. let us know. She was just like, look, I'm with you guys, the people, because, like, me, me, I don't have to pay a single dime in taxes to this bill. And I even I find, and even I find that unfair. Right. So shout-outs shout to her for that, because that, that, that was just a huge message for the people. But we're going to talk about that Trump shit in a little bit, though. Absolutely. But next up... Next up to round to round this decade off, not to round the decade off, but something else that that just hit a boom at the towards the end of the decade, and that was my lovely world of professional wrestling. Now <laughs> I, I, will, I will be I will be very honest because I'm, professional wrestling is something that I love since, like TJ said, since I couldn't tell you when. This is early '80s when WWF was king. And you still yes. had the territory. You still had the territories out there in, in professional. Yeah, you had the South. Where, you had the West. Right. Where if you wasn't in the South, if you was up north, you really only got WWF at the time. Mm-hmm. Now known as WWE. Or back in the day, you had you know you had the AWA. You had the uh, what was it Mid Atlantic. You had the uh, you had the NWA. WCW was down south too, right? WCW came WCW came along after um, I think the AWA and then the NWA disbanded and, and okay. Ted, Ted Turner believe bought out and created the World Championship. Yes, that was yes. in, that was in the. the Late that 80s, was all TBS. Early, yes, right, I remember 80s, that. Early nineties, 
And then when WCW really came on, it wasn't within this decade. WCW was right in the mid to late night, mid late nineties. WCW, in my opinion, brought professional wrestling back on the map with the creation of the NWO. That like restamped in you know from like ninety six to ninety eight ish or so. That restamped mm-hmm. wrestling as this is the shit again. Right. But just twenty nineteen alone, and and why I've kind of framed it in this way was because the beginning of the decade, I've always followed what was going on in professional wrestling. I didn't watch. Because mm-hmm. in the beginning, I wasn't the biggest fan of a lot of the talent that was coming out in the early mm. parts of the decade. You know, and then we brought, right, it produced some legends, like CM Punk is a legend. Right. I wasn't a fan of him in the ring. He's a legend. You know, Brock Lesnar was early 2000s or whatever. He became the guy that we see now within this past decade, more, more or less. Mm-hmm. You, know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Roman Reigns made it big. John Cena finally, like John Cena became movie star. The Rock right, became right. the blockbuster that we saw within this decade. Right. But, with, but within the sport itself, just I, I, I wanted to cap this with this in, as far as the decade is concerned. 2019 brought back in my brought professional wrestling back into my life because in some respects it's not fully territory based, but the territories in some way came back and they began. I mean and. and I mean, it happened more within the middle of the decade or so where you got companies like MLW that came out that is like a strong style, more a little bit more shoot with strong style wrestling. Shoot wrestling, mm-hmm. if you don't know what shoot wrestling is, shoot is where you're getting a little bit more liver hits. Where within professional wrestling, the sports entertainment aspect, like Punches are thrown, but they're thrown like you know they're they're, they're pulled punches in some sort of way. Where you're right, not really right. laying into somebody. Shoot wrestling is you 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 might lay into you're getting a punch that chest slap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the the chop the chop was always there, but you, that shoot strong style wrestling has, has become more prominent within this past decade, and you're getting that at the companies like MLW, New Japan Wrestling has. It has expanded to the U.S. some, and they sold out Madison Square Garden, I believe. Really? Yeah, New Japan Wrestling did that. Um, wow. And you know they, I mean, and they've been around for a long time, but you know, for 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 lesser people who didn't know much about them, got to learn about them even more within this past decade. Um, NWA Wrestling made a re- made a revival starting last year. A uh, guy from, uh, I think, Billy Corgan and, and somebody from uh, the, the Smash and Pumpkins, I believe it's Billy Corgan, they, they co-own NWA Wrestling, where you can watch it on YouTube every Tuesday now. And they do, the way they revive NWA Wrestling is they revive the old-school studio wrestling, where you had a wow. small room of a couple hundred people, with the TV cameras, you could see them. You they see took the interview. <laughs> Yo, it is complete throwback. But the quality of product that they put out for for what they do in a small place is so it's much fucking, better. It, yo, it's amazing. It's not that it's better. It's amazing. It, it's mm. really like it, it, it's really something special to watch to see these wrestlers pull off what they do in small crowds, smaller venues that aren't like. 
your you know your your house show variety or your you know special like you know church bingo hall promotion type right. of, <laughs> like it's it's old school studio wrestling but still to be able to work the crowd the way they do in such a small with a small crowd it's 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 like it's it's almost mind blowing to see it again in today's light compared to mm. what it used to be yeah um, that's but, that's but what then, i remember but, but then the company that brought me back into professional wrestling is AEW. They came around last year, early last year, with two pay-per-views, uh, Double or Nothing, and then I think Fighter Fest. Uh, no, Double or Nothing, and then All In, and then they did the Fire Fighter Fest. Then they released their TV, their weekly TV show in October. Cody Rhodes. The Khan family, who is the sons of the owners of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, these these guys, these guys put out. They just put out to me an amazing product. You're getting that wrestling that you missed out on via the WWE because WWE went towards the more entertainment route, commercial value. And, yeah, right, right, and and even they had to step it up by bringing what used to be just their minor league farm system, NXT, to they are, like, it's Raw, SmackDown, NXT is, like, its own standout brand. Where it's, oh, still, okay. kind of, it's still kind of the developmentals, but in a way, mm-hmm. with them being on Wednesday nights and creating a new Wednesday night wrestling war between AEW and NXT... They are a true competitor, and I haven't gotten to watch them yet because I'm more dedicated to NX. I mean, to AEW. No shade right. to WWE. I just I'm liking what they're doing to AEW more right now. They mm-hmm. they NXT is the quality pro wrestling that you wanted from the WWE for the past twenty back years. in the so day. Yeah. Oh, like, really? Right then there. I would be able to watch that because that's what I came up on. Yeah, you yeah, I mean, you still get to, you still get your promos that are good. You still get mm-hmm. the entertainment value out of things, but you get professional wrestling. Right. If you understand okay. what I'm saying, like you, you know, get I get yeah, you you get the technical part of it. Yeah. Right, right. You and you're getting that out of AEW and NXT. And AEW okay. right now right now being led by Chris Jericho who is in year I think year twenty nine of his professional career. Jesus, he's yeah. he's giving he's giving some of the best work he's ever done. Period. He's probably loving it. That's why he's probably oh, loving and, it. Yeah, and absolutely. If you listen to his podcast and listen to interviews, like he is loving what AEW is all about, and it brought back and and AEW has such a great quality. Like, uh, who was he? Was Dean Ambrose in 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 WWE? He went back to his old name, John Moxley, which I think might be his real name, John Moxley. He went back mm-hmm. to that. He's he's kind of the, I would say this era is like Stone Cold esque, but does hardcore matches. Like Ooh, he did okay. Bob Wire's. He did they they did Bob Wire and thumbtacks and shit like that. I think he fought this guy Joey Janela and did that, or he fought uh. Kenny Omega, which Kenny Omega, he's another guy who I honestly, I just learned about him in maybe like 2017 or so because he was a huge star in Japan. 
Canadian mm-hmm. guy, huge star in Japan, who also, too, side note, is a very avid gamer. So when you if you go look up Kenny Omega, look up some of his outfits and stuff that he comes down, a lot of it is game-related. Like oh, he did an shit, Ill that's Final dope. Fantasy. Yeah, he did an ill, like, I'm not a Final Fantasy guy, but I know right. in Japan he did, a, he did an ill Final Fantasy fucking outfit that went, that paid homage to some character in that. Um, wow, he so he's killing it from I, both I, ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know, Kenny Omega is a great worker in the ring, too. Um, uh, there's this dude named Nutrisaurus. He's like fucking, he's like 6'6", six, 6'8", six, six, <laughs> dude, and like a dinosaur mask, green hair, but he's a fucking beast. He runs with this guy, this kid, he calls himself Jungle Boy, and um, I forgot the other dude's name. Jungle Boy is something else. But um, was it Jungle Boy? Yeah, I think Jungle Boy is the... Um, Jungle Boy is, I believe, Luke Perry, the the deceased actor's son. The guy no from way. Yeah, yeah, I just found that out a couple weeks ago. I was going to uh, ask yeah, you, this, this, is Jungle Boy black? Because that would have been crazy. They've been able to pull talent from a lot of places that just put in amazing work. Like, there's this kid... Uh, Fuck is this? Why I'm uh, mad? I'm drawing a blank to this. Darby Allen. This kid, Darby Allen. He does this like half face painted thing to like show like like the 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 half of his face that's painted is like from you know to represent like the dark moments in his life. This that and the third. Young mm-hmm. slim kid who does a lot of like he does what you call spot wrestling. He does a lot of spot. Well, he does a lot of spots where it's like a lot of high moves. This, this you know shit mm-hmm. like that. But he. His finisher, it looks so simple, but yet it's so fucking ill. It's called the coffin drop. The shit looks like it's like a tr- it's almost like a trust fall. But he goes at the top. He goes to the top rope, puts both arms across his chest, looks back one time to see where he's gonna go, and just falls backwards. What? So a body like so like a body almost like a back body press onto the person. It's yeah, that's it's, crazy. It's, it looks so smooth, but it's literally just jumping backwards and falling on the person on the mat. It's it that, looks that crazy. took some minute, that that took sounds like it took some to some time to nail that shit down. Yeah, it's just it's it's so smooth, man. But AEW as a whole, man, like I I stress people watch it. That that got me back into watching professional wrestling, and that, honestly, that shit got me back into watching professional wrestling. It, it it got me reinvested into who characters are again. Like it got me to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm 40. I don't give a fuck. I should still go to training like I've always wanted to. Right. But time, time and money kind of says otherwise. Time, money, and the lack, <laughs> the lack of working out kind of says otherwise. But <laughs> professional professional wrestling really made a true resurgence in this past decade. And again, now, now within just the last year or two, now we have so much variety that you don't have to be just stuck to the WWE's product and right. be disappointed, either be happy or disappointed or happy or disappointed week in and week out. There's options. There's options. That's dope. That's dope. And I'm that, glad they opened it back yeah. up like that too. Yeah, man. Because that's it. back. Yeah, because after WWE, I would go to ECW where I could see Rob Van Dam, Stone Cold, 
uh, the Sandman, and they do these crazy ladder matches and stuff like that. And I was watching that for a minute. But then they crossed oh, yeah. over into the WWE, and I was just like, I can't, I'm not going back. I know why they're going there, because it's a bigger market share. And well, they, no, they're getting... no, no, they, what hap- what happened, at what honestly happened, and why ECW was no more, is because Paul Heyman sold the company to Vince McMahon in the, in oh, the early, okay. very early 2000s. So it was literally like they went out of business. And it was... Okay. Uh, like they absorbed they brought, everybody you know, in from from the from the other ECW then. Yeah, pretty much that's what happened was that's and that's why like for the mo- for the greater part of the early 2000s to the beginning of the decade, the beginning midpoint of the decade, like if you didn't um do your research and go look at a lot of the indie wrestling companies and stuff like that, you right. felt you felt stuck to WWE product because right. they they bought out ECW. <laughs> Excuse me. They bought out WCW. So there was literally like it was literally like there's no options. It, they made right. it feel like there were no there were no options to watch. And well, McMahon was building his empire at that point. So yeah, Right, right. And 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 then too, props too also another shining moment of the decade with professional wrestling was the WWE Network creation. Yes. They, we could go they, watch the they, throwback matches and stuff like that. Right. Yes. You, you, you can go to them and get all the throwback stuff. You can get all the special, like, interview commentary stuff that they did with, uh, you know, with, with specific athletes from, from the company back in the day. You can go back. I believe you can get all the ECW stuff. You can get all the classic WCW stuff on there because you right. know Vince owned both WCW and ECW. Um, you know, you can you. I think you can go get some of the old WWF from when Vince's father owned it. I think you might be. Yeah, able to find no, it. yeah, yeah. You could definitely watch it because I I saw some like old, very early like Andre the Giant matches on there. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah so I mean, wrestling, professional wrestling as a whole, man. They get props for me, and they had to be talked about because within this decade, you know, there there was a resurgence in some ways because we have multiple options, and the help of YouTube was able to help us find these options. Well, you know what I want to give them props for, and which has really taken off, is the women in 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 the wrestling. Before yeah, they were yeah. like sideshows or just like side acts or characters. Now you got actual women. I know China was like the first pioneer of like women wrestling, but it's come so much far. It's come so far in a short amount of time since when she was wrestling to to now you got like you got like champions. Like they didn't even have that before. Well, let's. Well, that's that's a. I wouldn't say China is a pioneer. Because I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not, I personally am not. She did kind of pioneer some things, but I'm not going down that rabbit hole fully. Uh, right. Because uh, I could go there, but I'm not. But right. what we did, what we did get in women's wrestling was the first headlined WrestleMania by women. Right. Right. We did, we did get that, and that is which is crazy. Yeah. You know, shout out yeah. to Ronda Rousey for for stepping in that arena. Shout out to, uh, you know, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, who Rick Flair's daughter. I mean, 
many people say that she's the best woman, professional woman wrestler alive. Damn. Alive. The people say that, yeah. A lot. I mean, people that were a lot more invested in me than my off time say mm-hmm. that she might be the best woman wrestler alive. You know, you got to tear tearing things up, doing a damn thing out there. Um, you got Rio in uh in AEW doing doing dope things. Uh, 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 what the hell is this woman's name? I, I'll I'll remember it later. My bad. But there's a couple dope women in NWA right now. Like Melina came back. Who used to be in WWE. She's in in, in NWA right now doing her thing. Uh, mm-hmm. you got awesome awesome Kong who she's fucking like. She's a beast. Like she, honestly, like she's that woman that's like, she should never lose a title, but you can't have like she's like that 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 op that she, overpowered comic book character, Arthur right. Arthur Kong. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's fucking. I mean, I I I love her. She's amazing. I love. I've always loved the big men. Uh, well, she's not a man, but you know, I've always loved the bigger <laughs> characters. But she's like the. She's like the big, you know, she's the big woman, but she's like right. that big, the, the power wrestler, like that big power. Like, right. I love her. Right. I love her. But, the, yeah, the women have been putting on within this past decade that it's, you you know, they're nothing to sneeze at, like like you said. Or, or what they call, they used to say was the women's wrestling was like bathroom break wrestling. It's not that right. anymore. It's far from that. It's, it's not that Far from these that. women are putting their work, man. So big up yeah. to professional wrestling within this past decade. You know, it, 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 again, it's it's made me a fan and fall in love with it again. What you got next? Let's see. What do we have next? Um, oh, one of the biggest things you, you got, uh, uh, the death of... Uh, uh, a legend, a legend upon legends, uh, Mr. Prince uh, Nelson Rogers, uh, who his works and, like, his music just spans decades. I mean, that was a huge, huge, huge loss in the in the entertainment industry. And I, I can't even just say music. Uh, just in entertainment alone and the stuff that you hear about now that he did behind the scenes and helping other actors, comedians, uh, athletes, schools, his, his, his donations and stuff like that is just beyond comprehension and, uh, a major, major loss, uh, in terms of entertainment and, and just all across the board there. And, I was I was gonna say rappers too, because how about the story that Havoc put out about how Prince played keys? I think on one of their tracks. Oh, that's right. Walked into the studio, walked into the studio like yo, like and then dropped some shit on him and let him have it. And bounce, it. Uh, yeah, and bounce. <laughs> like yo, like I mean, the legend of Prince just continues to live on. It was sad. The way we lost him, I think he was right. what he was another he was another fentanyl accident, right? Right. Something like that. Didn't we didn't we lose Michael Jackson in this decade or no? That was the decade before. No, that was the decade before. But right, it, right, it, right, it, right. it it feels like it, but I mean the it time is going like, so yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right. But uh I mean, I mean yeah, like what 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 can't we say about Prince? It's tough. I mean, I mean, 
it, it's tough. Questlove talks about mad stories. He would call them at like two o'clock in the morning to go play ping pong. Like, yeah, was like, I just heard that story too. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, we're going to play ping pong." He was like, "All right." I mean, now that you think about it, the Chappelle stories even make even more sense now because you was like, "There's no way this dude was doing this type of stuff," and exactly. then now. And then you hear people say, no, this dude played basketball. And then you right, see, like, right. a high school picture of him, like, on a basketball team, like, he really balled. It was like, what? No, they, and they said he really was nice mm-hmm. at point guard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they said he really was nice at his, like, five foot four frame or however tall yeah. he was. Yeah. Like, it's amazing what this man did and accomplished across his life. I mean... You, it will never be replaced. You know what I'm saying? You'll never have another person like that ever again. It's just right. and another amazing. person that will never have will never have that equates to this. Who didn't listen to the warning I told them to do? What up, John? Finally making it to the 2020. <laughs> What's up? What's thank, up, y'all? Thank you, thank you for the text message. I'm sorry about that. Sorry about that, brother. Alive. It's all uh, good. It's all good, man. It's good to be heard. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that we, we did announce that you was coming on a little later in the show, but just to give you a quick recap of what we did cover already, we went over Disney's dominance over the past decade plus. We mm-hmm. just covered the professional wrestling boom, that, that uh, professional wrestling resurgence. And then we just finished talking about Prince, but we're about to get into some more of the other musical deaths that kind of, like, I would say hit home personally and in the hip-hop world. I called it at the wrong time, huh? No. You called it it at the right time. You know why I say that. We still got a number of topics to go. Oh, yeah, you know why I say that, though. No, I don't. Because of the episode that I had, you know. We'll get into that later. Yeah, well, I'm I'm with you there, but um, but yeah, man. I mean, the the number of artists that we lost within hip hop alone. I mean, ridiculous, from, ridiculous. From Mac, you know, we lost Mac Miller to the Nipsey Hustle to uh, you know, rest in peace to the young kid, the young kid Juice World, uh, Twenty One Savage. Uh, well, I was. Damn, y'all rushed the two fucking names that I was trying to build to. The <laughs> <laughs> bitches. But damn, yes. Five, the ones that he, I wanted to lead to, the ones that hit me the most. Yes, was okay. Five Dog, was Five Dog and Sean Price. Yeah. Two of my favorite, personally my favorite, two of my favorite MCs of all time. You know. Absolutely. JP knows when we did the episode, when we did which was a pretty decent episode for us as far as spins. And we did the rest in peace, Malik, Five Dog Taylor. Um, that that spawned off a lot of things. But I'm going to go back to that one in a second because Sean Price was so unexpected. Mm-hmm. And it felt yes. like, it felt like, and it was the Mike Tyson album dropped within this decade. And I know I wasn't alone in thinking, yo, this dude is finally really about to take off. Blow up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Mike Tyson was fucking front to back phenomenal. And that was coming after albums like Master P, Jesus Price, Jesus Price, uh, uh, Monkey Bars. Like, those albums were all dope. But, but when Mike Tyson came out, like, that was the, the one of the last albums that I ran to the store to get a physical copy of. Mm. Like, I couldn't wait to hear that shit. And that, yeah, just speak, speak on Sean Price for a minute because and we got to get back to fight because there's a lot of connecting factors that we personally have behind yes, yes. went on with that. But speak about Sean Price real quick, both of y'all. Well, that Price, Sean Price album, I think I played like every day for like two, three months straight because like you said, it was just bananas from front to back. There were no skits on that album yeah there's no wax songs there was nothing uh he just came with heat and his guest appearances came with heat and like you said he was finally getting that commercial crossover like he was really about to blow and if if it wasn't for and and that unexpected time of death i don't know how big he would be right now because he would have definitely elevated his whole clique with him with that and it would probably been a resurgence of the boot camp click on another level for this decade you know what i'm saying and right. it was it was just that album i mean like I, like you said that album stays in heavy rotation so uh when i hear any song off of that i just start bugging it, it just it's just a hype it just gets you hype it gets me amp anytime i hear it so yeah. i mean i mean you know, if I need to go to war, I'm throwing on that Sean P, and it, you know it's it's on. It, there's no it's on sight. There's no there's no turning back. You know what I'm saying? And then, I'm and committed. Then, and, then J, and then JP too. Like we got the albums we got from him posthumously, like Songs at a Key of Price, to the album that just closed out the decade, Price of oh, Fame. Oh, Price like, of Fame. Woo! Come on, JP, go go on that man. Man, look, Sean Price, definitely a legend. Um, and we got to remember, he had, before we passed, what, he had, gosh, what, about 25 years in the game? Easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. remember, remember, he started off Helter Skelter, you know, and I yeah, had to still Helter, his, you know, yeah, Helter, Helter Skelter. Helter's Nocturnal came out, I think, 95, 96? Yeah, 96 yes, came yes. out. Yeah, it came out in 96. Yeah, so, I mean... He was in the game for a long time, and um, you know, my favorite song of him was probably Onion Head. <laughs> the way he came, <laughs> Onion Head, <laughs> I loved Onion Head. But um, man, and remember the TV shows he was on too, man. Remember he said, I forget which TV show he was on, but um, it was the one where he said that Doctor King got hit with a rock or something like that, and he was trying to sell it. I forget the name of the show, but he tried to. <laughs> Yo, it was crazy, man. <laughs> it was crazy. He's like, yeah, this is, this is the rock with Dr. King got hit with for something. He's like, how much can I get for this rock? And, nah, it wasn't, you, know, you know what it was? You know what that was? I remember them now. It wasn't that he was on a TV show. What it was was he was doing, like, when he was coming back out as, like, the, the, the quote-unquote brokest rapper you know, he, yeah. was doing, okay. he was doing, yeah, he was doing skits. 
he was doing like his own skits to promote himself, promote the albums coming out. And like he did joints like uh like um like uh when he was acting like he was the president of Duck Down, calling it Ruck Down Records and all that shit. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> nah, nah, this one this one was actually he went to his he would he used to go to stores, like porn shops with this rock. I remember that one. He actually went to a porn <laughs> shop. <laughs> <laughs> and, and JP, I gotta find it. I gotta find it because you know, you know, JP you know, pawn shops. He means pawn shops, not porn. I said porn. I said porn. The sound you said porn. No, I said porn. I said porn shop. TJ, TJ, TJ. I'm just laughing, man. Porn. That's why I was laughing. That's why I was laughing. I said porn shop. I didn't say you said it. You sound like you said porn. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It's not you said porn. I was like, yo, he's walking in the porn shop selling rocks. <laughs> 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 That was funny. That was funny. Man, you know, I mean, guy had a legendary career, man. You know, and like, and like, I'm like what TJ just said. You know, he was about to blow up, and um, like you said, who knows how big he 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 would be pretty big right now. Yeah. Well, moving on too. Before we get to Fife, the other large one that we lost, large, large figure, um was Prodigy. Mm. Yes. We lost mm. the H and I C and that was another one. Now we know he had he, he had that long battle. Made it to what, forty five years old with sickle cell. That's, yes. It's that's commendable a, in itself. A, but yes. I mean, yo, he, he, he left us that Albert Einstein project. My goodness. You wanna talk about a fucking sick album. That Albert Einstein that he put out before he passed Woo man, that that the beats was on that was album. crazy. Yeah, the beats it, on that were it crazy. It was, but the, just the rhymes and everything, like it was just uh, overall, man. And then he put a book out and everything, where unfortunately people were trying to say he was snitching on shit, blah 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 blah. It was no snitching. It wasn't snitching. He was telling no. stories from his roots. Yes, sir. Yeah, that too. He had a cookbook too that he, that he that he had prison what they call prison recipes or something. He had a cookbook, man. Yeah, but now let's get to the five dog one. That, that one that that that, that stung that me. That stung like, me hard, bro. Yeah, yeah. that that death right there. I took it, that JP heard, J, yeah, JP heard it, man. I I literally got choked up and almost started crying at that on that episode. Yeah, I remember. Yep, you sure you know, did because. You know, where, where, you know, just the, you know, the, the, excuse me, Mr. Dinkins, could you please be my mayor? And then mm-hmm. for y'all, as the, for y'all as the crew to start calling me the mayor, which gave me the tagline that I run with still to this day, you know, like that, that was a connecting factor. But then you think back on all his early tribe works, you know, bust off on your couch. Now you got Siemens furniture, like shit, like, like that was one of my favorite lines in just rap history. Right. We lost him, I think, also at the age of, I think, 45 or so, which was crazy. But the connecting factor that I wanted to mention that we have within this is shout-outs to the lovely group that us three met in and 
honorable mention goes to within this decade, even though it actually was created before the decade started, but we really, really made it a thing within this decade. Shout outs to the hip hop discussion group. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because in some ways, in some ways, in some respects, this right here was, was not for that group. This might not be happening the way it is today. Mm-mm. So honorable mentioning, honorable mention to our hip hop discussion group within this decade. We've done some things. We've turned, we've turned what was a Facebook group into a business. Absolutely, that just says big enough. But um, yeah. but but part reason why we have to bring up HHGG is because shout outs to and I, I'm I have to say this the way I'm saying this because. Motherfuckers tried not to give us the props that we deserve behind the A Tribe Called Quest wall going up in Queens. Really? Yes. Now, there were a lot of other factors behind this. No shade in some respects. No shade because, yes, there were political figures that got put into play. You know, we had people that there's a guy, I'm not mentioning this dude's name who we, I thought was cool. He was a part of the group, all that shit, and then bounced on the group. But was also throwing jabs because I was just like, there was a group, there was a page out there that had, they mentioned what was going on with the tribe wall and all that. And I said, well, this wall, and I, I stood up and said it because I took it to heart because I was one of the, I was probably the second highest contributor to that wall being, getting uh, paid for. Mm-hmm. If it was, and I will say this, and I will say this to my fucking grave. If it was not for HHDG, who, shout outs to T. Smith, shout outs to Ed, my, the homie Ed, who are two of the business partners of HHDG Media. If it was not for them two, and the man that I'm not mentioning, but it, it, it was T. Smith who started the GoFundMe and brought it to the group and said, yo, we need this much money. Ed got the artist already. We, he needs this much money to do this wall for us. T. Smith, the day Fife Dog died, got up from his home when he lived in Bayonne, New Jersey, public transportation trip all the way to the nuclear dry cleaners where they did the Can I Kick It video on top of the roof talked to them and said, look, you know, you got, you know, your place in hip hop history, blah, 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 said what he had to say. We want to put a, a wall up in memorial to them. They graciously accepted. T. Smith came back and did the, started to go fund me and asked us in HHDG first, who put up the majority of the money of the funds to get that wall done. Paint. Yes. Yes, we did. Painted. Big ups to. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm still not going to reveal the name of the major contributor, which it, everybody should know by now who's in the group. But I'm not going to. But we had to get one person in the group said, "Yo, if y'all can get this up to nine hundred dollars, I'll close out the rest." All we was yes. trying to raise, I think, was twelve hundred. We got to like fifteen, I think, or fourteen. So we were sitting at seven eighty. I said, "Fuck it!" I dropped one hundred and twenty dollars on it. I was like, "Oh, this person said they were going to do this. This person said they were going to do this," and it was like, 
Yeah. Me and KB was talking. Shout out to KB, the CEO of HAZV Media. And this person, he told me who said what, and how much it was going to drop. And it was like, all right, cool. So it gave me, like, fuck it. I got the money right now. Bong, $120. Rounded that 780 to 900 That person came through, dropped $800 on the project. It was like, here, this is going to a good cause. I would have just spent this money in bottles in the club anyway. HHDG did that shit. Yes, we did. That's that's why I took that thing to heart, and I had to say this the way I did, because HHDG did that shit. Now, also, shout-outs to fucking Busta Rhymes on top of that, too, because Busta Rhymes donated the money to get the th- to make the 3D aspect come to life and pay for the faces. Oh, the word? First set of, I didn't... The first, yes, the first set of faces that went up. Hmm. I didn't uh, know that. You know, so shout outs shout outs to shout outs to Buster Rhymes for that. And yeah, I mean yeah, man, a collaborative effort amongst a lot of people. But when the article started to get written up, I didn't see our names being dropped in them. You know, yeah, when they did yeah. when they did the, when they did not our names meaning who paid, but No, H H D G Right. Now, when they did the the dedication, when they did the dedication, that was even another thing because it became such this political politicized event that the three people, two of the three people, um, three two of the three people um who who, who organized the whole thing couldn't get any couldn't could barely, they finally worked their way in, but was barely able to get into the middle of the circle when everybody was doing the dedication. Forgetting, in some respects, forgetting who started the whole wall uh, project. Now, people, they tried to say, oh, the shit would have got done, this, that, and the third. I don't think it would have got done as fast as it did. And much respects again to my brother T. Smith for stepping up and galvanizing the project the way it the way it had to get done. Mm-hmm. And then why I feel disrespected in some of the case, being being that it's an HATG thing. Guess who has to maintain the upkeep of that of said wall? We do. we do, and we did that by way of some asshole out there. When we did, when we had the second set of faces up, because the wood ones faded, so we had to put I think it was PVC uh, board faces up, which last longer in the weather and stuff like that. Somebody went and chipped Ali Shahi Muhammad's chip. We had to go back and replace that, and so you know what happened? That two hundred and fifty dollars again. We made it a raffle in the group. Yo, we need to save this face. You know, we hate coming back asking for the money, but if y'all if y'all if y'all feel inclined to, this is what we're going to do, and this is what we did. Mm. Whoever everybody donated, and then we raffled the names of everybody who donated. Shout out to the homie Fred Benz who won the raffle. We I mailed to him Ali Shahid's face, so now he has a piece of that history in his house right now, which is dope. 
so that's why I feel, and we went a little bit long on this. We're, we're, this is going to be a long episode, but this is why I got so passionate about this whole thing with Fife's dying and and uh, the the wall because a lot, like I said, a lot came out of it, and we had a hand in that within this decade. So rest in peace to all the artists and stuff that we lost within the um within this this past decade. Um, JP, do you have the list on hand? No, I do not have it off hand. Sorry right, so, about this, sir. So while while you go pull it up, TJ, what's the next one? Oh no, you just pick that one, right? Yeah. Okay, so now let's get into some more of these some more of these uh deeper topics now. And um and uh we'll do some more honorable mentions a little later. Let's try to move a little quicker on some of these too. Um next up we're gonna get a little deep in this. The Me Too movement became a huge thing in, I would say, the second half of the decade. Me Too, and not just, well, we're going to combine the two. Oh, no, no, we're not. We're going to, they're going to kind of, they're going to come back to back, actually. We're going to get two topics out of the way right now. The Me Too movement and Black Lives Matter both became things within this past decade. And rightfully so into some some respects. The Me Too movement, we all know it started from a, a black woman. Uh, I, I do, do apologies to the woman who started it. Uh, uh, I, I don't remember her name right now. I can pull it up in a little bit. But um, it was started because of the disrespect of women, sexual harassment being un, un, uh, you know, unheard in the workforce, unheard in the world. And it became this huge, massive thing that was galvanized by the women of Hollywood who stood up and began to, you know, began to say, quote, unquote, me too, because things have happened to them. And over, the, over this past decade, a lot of the nasty folks now we perceive as nasty folks uh, were taken out due to the me too uh, situation. R. Kelly... Bill Cosby, and now Harvey Weinstein is finally starting to see his day once again because two women, he just got, he just skated out of one huge case by settlements for then two more women to come up and press charges against him about claims of sexual harassment. JP, I mean, me too. What's your take on it? I'm exposed a lot of people. That's what it did. It exposed a lot of people. Um, man, but I mean, and they need to be exposed for what they've done, you know, and shouldn't feel bad for any of them. Yeah, not man. one bit. Not you know? one bit. I mean, TJ, like, the R. Kelly one was probably the biggest one because that one, I mean, surviving R. Kelly documentary came out. They're doing a part two. You know, uh, many documentaries came out about Bill Cosby. But, like, speaking of Bill Cosby and R. Kelly together, like, these are things that we've heard about decades before that, from the Aaliyah marriage to Bill Cosby on, uh, was it, David Letterman talking about the, you know, the old Spanish fly trick. And we all know the, the that Spanish fly was the first hood over-the-counter sexual medicine <laughs> besides the dick pills that they sell in gas stations now. <laughs> you know? Exactly. But, 
you know, they, 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 they really got to, in, in some cases, iconic figures in their respective uh, worlds. To me, this was like a long time coming. Like, this is like the roosters coming home to nest at this point. Like, there was no way, I mean, this was like the culmination of all the years of abuse that these women uh, were, re- how they were treated and how they were received. And now this was the culmination of it. And now it just spread like a virus into all aspects of entertainment, business, politics, the whole nine yards. No, put it like this, the literal term was no man was safe at that point because of actions that happened previously years later that were being brought back up, stuff that was done 20 years ago, stuff that was done five years ago, stuff that was done 10 years ago was all being brought back. And right. it was it was, it was was time to pay for, for your transgressions. I mean, there's no other way I could put it. Like, you had – this was a, a, a thing that needed to be done, and this was the time for it to be done. And it's opened up tremendous doors and it's gotten a lot of bullshit politics out of the way, the sexism of it, you know what I'm saying? And doing all these favors just, just to get a role or to get a promotion or to just move up in a world where as a man, we don't have to do that. You know, we get on based on our merits and these women were going above and beyond the glass ceiling. I should say was shattered in that aspect. So yeah, Yeah, man, I mean, Casting couch, the casting couch outside of porn, the casting couch has been kind of done away with, in some right. respects. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. but also too on a sidebar, on a sidebar though, because like situations like this with me too opened up cans of worms just on the internet as a whole. True. Now, in honorable mention, in respects to this this conversation here, um, it's like now not just not just men aren't safe, quote-unquote, you know, and, and past transgressions. Nobody's right. safe in today's Internet and past transgressions. People are pulling Fast. up tweets on – people pull up tweets on people from, like, when Twitter started. Like, you know, again, quick sidebar, because you, you know this one, James Gunn and what happened with him. Jokey jokes that was – Back in the day on Twitter were just jokes that in today's light at the time when he got called out and was then uh, fired from Disney in doing, you know, from doing the Guardians of the Galaxy movies because right. of tweets from 10-plus years ago. Right, when it was so a different where, culture, a different environment. Right, altogether. and those kind of jokes that were made, they were off-color. And, I mean, nowadays they, they are looked at and uh, were off-color and insensitive jokes. But right. in, in, the time, in the time frame of the era when these things came out, we were different, and those jokes flew. And so in, in some respects, of, again, for people to go backwards and tear people apart for shit that, like shit like that, to me, that created a problem amongst the internet culture, and it, it brought along the quote-unquote cancel culture. I was just about to say that. I was and just cancel, about to say cancel, that. 
cancel culture had, had you know, it, it kind of spawned off the Me Too aspect of things because, again, yep. now people were getting canceled for shit that they said 10, 12 years prior that were literally jokes, and people have changed their lives since then, are, are no longer that person. But now, through, through the magic of Twitter, just because you said it 10 years ago, you're now perceived to be the same person. And that's well, it's the same thing that Kevin Hart went through. And he said at that time, you know, after it happened, he apologized for it. But you didn't go, you don't dig, you didn't dig up the apologies that he said back then. You only digged up what he said and not what right. he apologized for. Now you right. want him to apologize again for something he already apologized for. And right. I understood when he's like, he I'm not going to apologize twice for something right. I already apologized for. That makes no sense. And, exactly. you know, yeah, that makes complete sense. Exactly. That makes complete and that, sense. And that was just one of those kind of backlash things that chain, not backlash, but chain reaction-like things that happen amongst moments like that. So right. something good, which, again, for something good, something bad sometimes tends to happen out of that. Something bad or something that shouldn't, that that never was about it in the first place became mm-hmm. grounds for something new. In comes right. the Black Lives Matter, which also connects to another topic we have. So we spun three topics within this. The unjust killing of us black and brown and people of color amongst police brutality, against police brutality and things like that. And, and situations like that, where we got to say rest in peace to the Trayvon Martins. One of, that was like the one that really set things off. Then on my borough here, Eric Gardner, I remember exactly where I was when that happened because I happened to live a few blocks away from where the incident happened. But at the time, we was actually in Pennsylvania at, um, um, I forgot, Dutch Wonderland for, you know, for the summer, it was summer family vacation. We went out there. Mm-hmm. We was out there that their Eric Gardner incident happened, blocks away from us. Um, you know, a, a whole bunch of uh, you know, um, what's uh, the dude in Minnesota? Uh, I forgot his name. Uh, Sandra Bland. Um, oh, Khalif Browder. Khalif Browder happened. Khalif Browder is a totally different aspect of. Khalif Browder was a a, a a different story. That was a a, a mistreatment of justice. You know, right. by the court system and the the system failing a human being, causing him to take his own life. But That's right. Within That's right. that, within that, Black Lives Matter was started, and Black Lives Matter was originally, it was started by yes, two women of the LGBTQ community. They started it due to the unjust killings of us people of color, due to police brutality. But, and JP knows this well because I brought this up on the show, with something good, something that totally derails a message comes along. And what made me, personally, lose respect for the Black Lives Matter movement. I know my life matters. I know my people's lives matter. But when you spin the Black Lives Matter movement on your website and totally almost not really talk about why it was started, but in turn discuss, well, we're, within this movement, we are talking about, we're, we're, we're also trying to restructure the minds of what uh, of, of the, the, the normal family structure looks like. 
and talking about the one woman household or the two women household or the or the you know the 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 gay male household they were spinning right. things like that on their <coughs> website that was not of why they started but as a whole mm. jp the black lives matter movement was started for a justified reason jp right exactly it started off as a promising movement but I don't know where the hell we're at with Black Lives Matter right now, to be honest with you. It's not I, I a just, thing anymore, if you think about it. I just don't know. It seemed like it was a fad. I thought it had something maybe to, to be like one of the black organizations we ever had in a long time. But it, 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 it fizzled out, it seemed like. You know, I have a, I, you know, I have a problem with a lot of activism today anyway, with a lot of activists today anyway compared to, to how activism used to be. You know, and and, and um this is one of these examples right here and a lot of infighting too. You know, yeah. a lot of infighting as well. A lot of accusations. And that's what happens when egos get in the way, man. Yeah, and and again, <laughs> excuse me, when egos get in the way and the lines get blurred in your original message. Right. And that was one of the that was one of the things that really disturbed me personally. And again, it's not that it disturbed me in respects to the LGBTQ community, because I had nothing but the utmost love and respect for them because they deserve the rights of any normal human being. We are people at the end of the day. It doesn't matter what you do in the bedroom. Okay? But when you use a platform that was started for the unjust killing of, at, at the time, black men and black, and then turned black women also, and then you use that platform on the website to spin something else. That's where I had the problem with it. You know what it's like? You know what it's like? It's like, for instance, like a dude trying to kick game to a girl and he has a little bit of knowledge or something, but you know, his agenda is not to benefit or uplift people, it's to try to get some ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it like that, yeah. And that, unfortunately, is like, again, something started good, but then it fizzled out, just the way you said, JB, it fizzled out to that. Yeah. People got their own egos, and money, unfortunately... The root of all evil, money comes into play. And when money talks, bullshit walks. And I guess what that bullshit walks is the reason why we don't hear about it as much as an organization anymore. Yep. Because the bullshit, the bullshit walked, unfortunately. Something good turned to something bad within this decade. And not that it, it was something good because it was created out of hell. It was, I mean, hellish, hellish situations. Right. It was created out of hellish situations that we as a people should have not went through. You know, and again, the other topic of talking about the unjust killing of, of and police brutality being at an all-time high spawned us into our next topic. G TJ, Colin Kaepernick, became mm. a, became a thing became this this generation's 
he, in, in some respects, initially became this generation's, you know, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, you know, became that type of person. When he took a stand or took a knee in respect of the unjust killing of black and brown folks by the hands of the police and did it on the national stage known as the NFL football field. And in doing that, we know what happened. The man was blackballed from the league because teams then turned to be afraid of what was perceived to be his quote-unquote politics. And all he was doing was calling to attention, we need change in these arenas. We need change in this world of that world. So in some respects, JP, we could also look at it and say he took what Black Lives Matter was trying to do and took it to the next level. But right. then, but then, in, in, un, 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 unceremoniously in some sort of a ways, and we discussed it from when it happened in 2017 all the way till now, it became more, it became more of a fight of, this guy should have a job in the league. When we boil it all down, it became a fight of Colin Kaepernick should still have a job in this league. Yes, we all agree he was blackballed. But then we could call the question the tactics on how things were done. He restructured his contract with the 49ers to help the 49ers organization, who also did do the right thing and gave help to him and his causes. That's something that goes unmentioned when everybody assumed that the, the NFL doesn't care about black folks. We're going to talk about that in the near future, too, because of the whole situations that's going on right now with the whole Rooney rule aspect of things. We'll talk about that next month once we get back into sports. When we come back in some regular discussion, we'll be around Super Bowl time. But the Colin Kaepernick situation ended up boiling down to we know he was blackballed, but realistically we're fighting now not because of what he spoke on, but because he didn't have a job. TJ, talk about this thing that was Colin Kaepernick or this person in the situation. Yeah, so people fail to realize Colin Kaepernick took a knee because another white person who was a former soldier said, hey, instead of sitting on a bench, and not standing for the national anthem. How about taking a knee to show your support of uh, black people uh, and police brutality? That's the origin of it, which goes over everybody's head. It was a former Marine. Like, let me give you, let me drop his name for you. His name was Nate Boyer. And right. Yes. In conversation, he reached out to Colin and said, hey, this is actually more respectful for you to do is to give a knee during the national anthem because what we in the military do is we take a knee in respect to our fallen brothers and sisters. Right. Continue. Right. So that got lost and twisted into being disrespectful to the flag when the only person that that initially said take the knee was actually respecting the flag 
and his comrades, as well as uh, people who were suffering at the hands of police brutality. So from that point on, the story got twisted nine different ways to Sunday, and everybody started picking sides. And this wasn't a sides-type deal. Yes, the majority of people get police brutality of people of color, but the police don't care whose ass they beat at the end of the day. If you are not complying, you might get that stick up to your head or that mace to your face or a bullet in your back or in your leg or in your spine or whatever, and you might not walk away from that. So to say that was just disrespectful on any level is beyond ridiculous. And to make up some other story that this is going against the American flag and disrespecting our soldiers, it was a soldier who's promoted kneeling in the first place, which is totally lost on the the majority of the public that's protesting against it, which makes no fucking sense at all. So I have no respect for these people that are clueless or don't want to learn the actual facts or how the actual kneeling got started please do not talk to me because you have an agenda and your agenda is to just silence protesting. If we can't kneel, we can't stand, we can't march, we can't, we can't speak. How are we supposed to protest something when it's wrong? There is no yes. proper way. There is yes. no proper way for you to protest. The, uh, the protest became, is no protest. It became the era of these people telling us to shut up and dribble. It became Which that. Which again was stupid. It became that. It became shut up and dribble. And it became what we came to know is the Trump era of <laughs> of this decade. Yeah. And yeah, unfortunately, this is, you know, we got two more, we got two more things. Well, we got three more things to talk about, but we're going to go right into the Trump and Obama exit, you know, uh, within all of this, within this decade, you know, President Obama closed, you know, was elected his second term in 2012. And then 2016, we rolled right into Donald Trump to where in, in some respects, America, mainly black America, we just came off of a high with lows, but we came off of a high as far as presidential, uh, President, presidential uh, presidents and presidential candidates. Um, you know, Obama was. In, I, I I fell out of favor with him after the 2012 during the 2012 election because of what happened within the 20 the 2008 election. He signed a number of bills that I was absolute. Oh, excuse me, absolutely opposed of. The major one was the NDAA. And a lot of that has been coming home to roost within the last year or two that people don't even realize and shit that's been going down. But 2012 in his run to 2016, you know, it was, it was, it still gave black people some hope, even throughout all the killings unjustly. um, A lot of people perceived him to have not done much and just kind of sat on his thumbs and, and not really did much behind it or about it. He said some words here and there, blah, blah, blah. You can only take them for what it was. But um, then we rolled into Trump. And it galvanized a whole bunch of these same people 
who were the shut-up-and-dribble types, the keep politics out of sports, not understanding politics and sports in some respects, goes hand-in-hand in, hand in many ways. Um, he 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 regalvanized a, a clueless base of people who just take things for what he says they are, and facts don't matter when Trump came into office. Facts don't matter all of a sudden. Which is insane. I never thought I'd right. see that. And 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 off the con cabinet aspect of that's where we got a lot of the oh you got to stand for the flag you get these stupid people who uh if you uh, with the stickers on the back of their cars uh if if you don't stand in front if you don't stand for the flag you should stand you know stand for the flag or or or, or kneel in front of this and it was a, a a picture of a guy with a fucking automatic machine gun like dumb shit like that. You know, you see more people with like the ter you know, them terrorist hunting stickers, them bullshit. Mm -hmm. You see, you see more people with the "Don't tread on me" stickers, which, in some respects, in my opinion, became more of a symbol for stupid, uninformed racists than it is for what it is. You know, mm -hmm. I, I put this up in a couple of the groups recently. The "Don't tread on me" flag was something that was supposed to be patriotic and to symbolize the government not treading on you. Right. And not but they jacked it. But, but they, jacked they jacked it. it. They jacked it in a way and not realizing they, they throwing this don't tread on me thing and allowing said government to tread all to over. Do ex to do exactly that, yes. And a lot of it has come out within Trump's first term, which is, coming to a close within this year in 2020 and again he just galvanized a set of people that already has been but he just emboldened them to say whatever the fuck they felt like and they feel like there should be no consequences because hey we live in a free country free speech we should be able to say and do what we want which you can do yeah but, but in the immortal words of prodigy speak the speak the wrong words man and you will get touched so Facts, facts, and 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 in some respects, a lot of that's happening. A lot of people ain't playing that shit when it comes to racists and stuff like that out here. And it's not like it's not like JP. JP, I won't go to you. It's not like that racism hasn't been there. It's just Trump like re-emboldened a crop of people that felt, for some reason, they felt like they was their voices were stifled under President Obama, which makes no sense at all. JP. Man. <laughs> You're right. You're right, man. You know, but this 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 um this element this this element that we have right now in society, this was started before the decade though. We know who started it off with the Tea Party and all that and it just spun mm. out of it has. It has. It just spun out of control. And we could even we could even look at last night when a United States naval base is attacked in Iran, and this fool don't even come out and say not one word about it. No updates. No nothing. What president you ever know has done that, whether it's right or wrong? And we all know that this is just, just some dumbass war that's taking place. What president you know has ever done something like this? Don't have a press conference or anything, briefings or anything. People worry about the families and stuff, and you have nothing. 
You have nothing. This ain't nothing more than a, than an evil dictatorship regime, man. And for people, we all know, we all know people, some of us are cool with them, who don't see this. But y'all don't understand. A blind man can see what's going on. But you can't see what's going on here with this dictator you got in office, man. It's just, it's just a shame, man. It's a shame. It is. It is. And again, it's like, not like it's not like 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 Buddy Gibbs said. We got a reality. We got a reality star in the goddamn office. It's true. And again, and it's to to what's been going on within this past decade under Trump. Again, it's not that it's not that you know these racists, uh, you know, have been in hiding or something like they've been there. They've been there for the past century. I would, you know, this thing, it's, it's, it's been a part of the American way, like it or not, it's been a part of the American way. But what, what, what it, all it did is just, it made these people who so heavy supporters of him feel like they can just say and do whatever they want. Like they can't get a fist to the face. And many of them have. You know, many of them have. We see the videos online all the time of people talking that shit. You know, like white women, you're like that white woman on the bus talking that shit, calling some dude a nigga like it's okay. And and the quote-unquote nigga came out of the dude, slapped the shit out of this woman because like they feel emboldened. More like the lady of Popeye's down there in Louisiana calling everybody a bunch of niggas and stuff in there. She got body slammed on the, on the creek or the... Or the she met and broke like four or five of her ribs and stuff. The guy got charged with aggravated assault. But what? What? Pers- what caused him to do that? It's this yeah. embedded evil ass culture that has, that has come over America right now. Well, it's always been here, but you want to know what the silver lining is? You want to know what the silver lining is that happened in this de- past decade about that? What's that? We we've we've damn near canceled the Confederate flag and all these racist ass monuments that have been taken down in the past yes. in the last yes. three to five years even. Yes. That's yes. the silver lining. That's about yes. it in terms of that. But we've the Confederate flag is pretty much looked down upon and it's not even uh, still flying. And a lot of government buildings in the South, in the deep South on top of that. And a lot of these generals, Confederate racist as generals and, and public figures, their monuments are being stripped and they're still being taken down. And there's nothing these people can do about it, can say anything about it. People are we getting brothers in charge of parks departments and all these little backwater towns and they're removing these shits and there's nothing that can't be done about it. And these people are throwing fits. And right. hey, hey, it is what it is. It's it's all within the name of equality and, and some semblance of fairness within this country, which, you know, we fought for these rights decades ago and it it's still it's it's crazy that it's still a fight to this day. And again, across the board from just from just again, I spoke about it briefly, but we'll talk about it in depth later. You know, coaches in the NFL, you know, you know, they got the Rooney rule where they have to, you know, everybody has to at least interview one black person, but they're doing it just to fill the quota or, or to fill the demands of the rule and not getting fair shakes where 
your your Giants wide res- can hire a wide receiver coach that had that was his maybe his highest level of coaching experience from his mm-hmm. time working in Alabama as a fucking mm-hmm. analyst till the NFL. He just had the label of he worked under Nick Saban and worked under Bill Belichick, the two greatest football coaches possibly ever. Yep. That got this man a, an underqualified person a job against other beyond qualified people. Okay, still in these workforces, people are still fighting. You know, women still fighting for the rights to just equal pay. You know, things like that are still fights that are going on to this day. But when you talk to the Trump tards about it, it's, you know, well, at least you got this. You should still have this. You know, like, I mean, down to the fight of, of freaking uh, 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 just the civil rights bill was up just recent, you know, in the past few years, within the decade. And well, we, was almost was, at, we was almost yeah. about to lose that. That's what I'm saying. Civil rights is not even, like, 55 years old, like for mm-hmm. the right to vote, the right for equal pay, the right to work, you know, fair, equal housing. Like, that shit is not even 55 years old. So if you think about it, yeah. your parents and your uncles and your aunts all grew up in pre-civil rights era where the shit was entirely fucked up. So how do you expect us to get over something that's not even 55 years old? It's not like we've been yeah. at it and had this type of freedom for hundreds of years. No, this shit happened like yesterday. And when I try yeah. to explain yeah. that to people, they don't even know. They think 1968 or 1965 is like, you know, hundreds of years ago. No, that's just like 55, 60 years ago, my man. Yeah, and our parents our parents seen that. My father just turned 67. So he was alive during that time. JP's right. parents, JP's dad is over 70. He's yeah, my pops is turning 70, and he's from the yeah, yeah, they were very much alive for that stuff. So don't tell me that I got to get over or be the lucky to have it. We we don't even have a crumb of the shit that we can even say is equal. Yes, in 55 years since the Civil Rights Bill has passed, we have a black president. That's a huge accomplishment, huge on many levels, but it doesn't equal out all the redlining, the gerrymandering of fucking uh, political uh, lines for voting, uh, the the fucking uh, not being able to get a house where you want because you got good credit, but they want to loan you money because you're black, your your resume getting thrown in the garbage because your name sounds too black. I mean, come on. It's not even close. It's not even close. We're still fighting for basic shit, and that's my frustration with the whole deal. Like, you can't say you're giving us any. You didn't give a shit. We had to fight for it, one. Two, we're still newborns in this whole thing. Baby. And and that's why I say when this country finally turns brown in another five to seven years, that's when I want to see the change really start to happen. And, And yeah, they're going to try to lock these judges, and it don't matter how many judges you have and all this. That wave is just going to keep coming and coming and coming where you can't fight and, it at, at some point. You know what I'm saying? And last point off of that, because we're going to end this on a high note, because, uh, yo, I mean, that's part of the reason why they had the whole build the wall, send them back to their country nonsense, because they know, they know, it's, and it's been, it's coming. Been, 
This has been scientific fact for over 30-plus years now that America, within the next 30, 20 to 30 years, racial lines are going to be so mixed up. There's nothing that they can do about it. They can't do nothing about it. This is the last stand. This is the last stand. JP knows how much I've said it on this show. Trump's presidential term, whether it probably it's looking like it's probably going to go another eight. Right. This is this is racist white supremacy's last stand. And that's it's it. It's over after that. Yeah, it's it's a wrap. It's a wrap. And on that and yeah. on that note, the last topic we're going to ride off of because, like I said, we got to go on a high note. I'm going to give another honorable mention within this decade. Let's everybody, let's give a quick honorable mention. I got one. TJ got one. JP, hopefully you got one on a high note before we let end with this last topic. My honorable mention for great thing that happened within this decade, two, my two daughters, two of my three daughters were born. My daughter, Danielle Dion Dinkins, was born December 26th of 2011. Which is my crazy. And my daughter, Zoe, I will explain why it's crazy. Even I've said it on the show, but I'll explain why it's crazy. <laughs> and my, my, daughter, my daughter, Zoe Ann Dinkins, was born 364 days later on December 25th of 2012. So, honorable mention goes, shout-outs to my daughters. First off, Irish twins. Second, Zoe has my birthday matching December 25th. I was mm-hmm. December twenty fifth, December twenty fifth, in nineteen seventy nine, and my father, who again I just mentioned, turned sixty seven on December twenty sixth. My daughter Danielle shares the same birthday. You can't, that, I, I can't even win the fucking lotto, but I made that happen. That's insane, <laughs> shout out to shout out to my wife too, who. Def, you know, definitely had a hand in that. <laughs> but, yeah, man, that's, that's that's my quick honorable mention. Uh, TJ, what's yours? Uh, my honorable mention, I'm going to go with the family side, too, is my daughter. She uh, graduated high school, and now in three months, she'll be graduating college in three years, which is phenomenal. Wow. Like, nobody in my family has graduated college in three years. I don't, mm. I don't know too many people who's graduated college in three years. So that's a huge, huge accomplishment. I'm beyond proud. I'm like, I don't even know if I can claim her as my child because I don't have that type of knowledge. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, it, it's just, I'm, I get speechless when I talk about that because it's just such a big deal. And, I, and I'm proud of her. She set out to what she wanted to accomplish from day one. Um, she graduated high school president of her class for the last two years. Uh, she got a ton of scholarship. She got her, she went to the school of her first choice, and now it's all coming to, together. Like I always tell you, brothers, because she like she, 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 I tell you all, she's into screenwriting and film producing. You're gonna see me in the background on the red carpet one day because this girl, anything she puts her mind to, she accomplishes, and it's. It's just a lovely thing to watch and see it come together, and it's just been a, a crazy run, and I'm I'm super proud bring, of it for put her name put her name on the podcast and bring it to immortality. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do. We'll definitely do that.
I'm just saying, put say her name for the people. Oh, Samari, Sam, oh Samari Davis. Yes, my daughter yeah, Samari shout Davis. Out, shout out to you, Samari. Big ups for real, for real. Now, JP, your honorable mention. Man, I gotta say, I'll piggyback off TJ. I think the best thing that happened was by the birth of my nieces, um, Tylen and McKaylee. They definitely, definitely were um, my honorable mentions, man. That's yes, awesome, man. Yes, yeah, yes, Uncle J, Uncle JP became an uncle oh. within this past decade, also. Yeah, so big up seven, seven, seven and six, going on thirty-seven and thirty-six. <laughs> <laughs> For real, that, that's 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 actual factuals, man. My my yeah, my my eight year my eight year old is about thirty-eight, and my seven year old thinks she's twenty-seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, to cap this off, man, to cap off the decade that we uh, of uh, pop culture, politics, and just uh, we got I got to round this off with, man. The last thing that the last part of the ten topics we we got to talk about is the creation of the starting five. Yes, the podcast, the podcast itself was birthed within this decade in 2015. Mm, mm, mm. It 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 spawned it spawned off of the original um, idea of my man LG, who we still haven't talked in a few years, but it is what it is. I I don't think nothing less of him. We started the journey off as talking to my team. We used a football podcast first. Um, within that, we had a couple name changes because I talking my team is just it just didn't sit with me the way. It sat with him, and I felt like talking my team should have been more than football. And originally it started off as a football show, all football. Um, you know, but when, when the thing I preach about when it comes to podcasting came into play, consistency. We fell off of consistency early. Uh, when I noticed that we the trend of we weren't recording as much as we, we needed to, um, JP had the, the want to do – some type of a radio show. <clears throat> Me within the podcast journey, I've <clears throat> I've always uh I wanted to branch out and talk more than just football. Because I, I am a football first guy, but I can talk any sport. Like if you even wanted to talk lacrosse, I can do that. I was the lone kid I was the lone kid I was the lone kid black kid at black kids at that. Me and my brother the only only kids in the in the neighborhood before they allowed New York City public school teams to play lacrosse. We had lacrosse sticks. We were the kids playing street hockey in in the neighborhood. We made up all types of sports games. So I wanted to talk all different types of sports. And JP said, "Yo, I always wanted to do a radio show, talking sports, have a sports talk radio show." I said, "Yo, me and LG ain't doing nothing right with this right now. I got the platform already." let's do this podcast together. We sat over it for a minute. We tried to mull over some names that felt sports related, but also names that we could also flex into other avenues. <clears throat> hence the name, the starting five, hence the name, the starting five came through. Obviously, you know, starting fives is a basketball thing. Basketball, you know, five players on the court, whatever the case may be. We started it off as a five-topic thing. 
And then as the years went on, it was like, yo, we got to get more than sports. Try to bring in different listeners. That's when we started to bring the political conversation in. Then we started to bring the music and the hip-hop, uh, you know, stemming from H the HHDG connection. We had to start talking hip-hop. Um, within the journey, we was doing things like uh, this, week in, this Week in Sports History, where we were covering some uh, – moments that happened within the week that we were, were recording historically. Then we created something funny that was more for comedic and to continue the political, pop culture political talk, we created the Coontang Clan, where we, <laughs> we, we, used, we used the word coon, but as black folks so eloquently repurposed the word nigger, we repurposed the word coon in all races, and we've discussed it amongst the people who act with coonish intentions and coonish uh, uh, ways in all races. Hence why Donald Trump and David Duke made the list. The list was started off with the Honorable King Coon himself, Dr. Ben Carson. If you know him and his presidential journey, you know why. <laughs> but we had lists <laughs> like that. Then we then we converted it to the Hall of Ignorance, where unfortunately we did talk about our own people, but in not calling them niggers, but in the ignorance lane, just ignorance just sounds funny. And we started to talk about just ignorance stuff. Unfortunately, it was amongst our own people, but you should be able to talk about your own people in hopes for better. <laughs> you know, so we did yeah. things like that along along this journey. We've done things like we attended the Blackfinity Gauntlet, the first one, to where we met a number of great podcasts out there. We made relationships with a number of great podcasts out there. To then the person, shout out to Big Bob or Rob, the person who created the Blackfinity Gauntlet, he so graciously blessed that project over to me. To where then we've now had two successful Blackfinity Gauntlets, at shout out to Jason Richardson at J at J Wonkon, we was able to continue the legacy of this podcast and conf, and and content create a panel for panel for for podcasters of color. We was able to carry on that tradition. We've made a number. We you know we we've done a number of different things like that in the world, and we did take a step back, but we're continuing on. Because the picture, we have a bigger picture with this in, in mind. So, yeah, the, the creation of the starting five was definitely something that we had to talk about within this decade that was monumental. Uh, so uh, a quick word, JP, because you was my, you know, you was my first right hand, and then TJ, you're the new member, and you've been on the show before and all that. Just, just give a couple minutes on your feelings towards our project. Man, what can I what can I say, man? You know about the starting five. It's, 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 we got our ups and downs, but I think we have more positive, more po more positive than negative, though. And um, definitely looking forward to our run and an even better run in in this decade, Dan. That's all you got to say? That's it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, 
you know, hey, that's yeah, basically that's it, man. You know, <laughs> it's been a great experience. It's been, it's, it's, and it's going to continue to be an even greater experience. Man, you're so fucking eloquent with your words, man. I, 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 that, was, that, was, that was deep. That was deeper than a fucking puddle that a ant can drown in. <laughs> really? <laughs> Go ahead, TJ. Well, once again, like I said, I appreciate you guys for adding me to the team. I'm most grateful for that. Um, I like where we're going with the podcast and what we got going on in the future and the future endeavors. Um, I've liked the content that you had in the past. That's why I wanted to be on the show and I guess appeared on the show a few times in the past because not only is it fun, I enjoy you guys' company. That's two. That's that's most important. Three, we, we all consider each other family. And on top of that, it's it's just great to talk about stuff we love to talk about. We all love hip-hop. We all love sports. And we all dabble in politics as it affects our lives individually. So that's all great on all levels. And for us to politic and be men of color, of age, uh, we have families, and to do this and to build on top of what we already have to make it even to a bigger project, that's what I'm most excited and most happy about and proud to be a part of this group for because I know uh, we're all smart. We are collective in thinking forward and making sure that we can be the best and make it a success as we can possibly make it. So that's why I'm, I'm happy to be on the team and and being very supportive and doing what we need to do going forward. So that's my take. Mm-hmm. And, and- I ain't afraid to put my foot in y'all asses when it comes to getting this shit done properly. And it's always done with love. It's, 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 it's a matter of, it's a matter of just doing things right. And I wish, I wish, I wish that, you know, some people out there, you know, I met, I mentioned the name already, but I, you know, I can criticize you. Y'all can criticize me, whatever, whenever. I, I, it don't bother me. But I can criticize y'all. JP knows it all too well. Mm-hmm. I jump, I, I jump down his neck about certain things when it comes to the show. And just even in, we get on each other about personal life stuff too at times because, you know what? If if you can't, if you can't tell your brother, yo, get your shit together. Or 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 you're like yo you're fucking up here, then what what are we friends for? Right. What, what, what would we be brothers for? Like and that that's that's the that's the one thing that I'm gonna cap that off with is is that like again I mentioned the name already, but I wish the dude understood that like, you know I, I don't come at you just because your your shit might be whack, I'm going to tell you it's whack because I want to help you get better. Better, right. You want them to be better. You expect better. Exactly. And that's the bottom line. Like I said, JP knows it all too well because I get on him about being on time, doing this, doing that right. It's it's all within reason. And it's not to attack. It's not to clap at. It's so we can get better as a team. 
And so expect right. that to come within this next decade. Expect that to not stop within this decade because – I hope it doesn't because then if that's the case, we are lost. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And that's how steel sharpens steel. And exactly. I'm just, I'm just going to leave it at that, man. So y'all know what to do. From UTJ to JP's final shout-outs time. Uh, like to, once again, shout out the brothers for the first show of the of the new decade of the new year. Um, like I said, proud to be part of the team, aka the new guy. And uh, after this, ain't the new guy no more. So I'm not getting donuts and coffee for you niggas. All right, so we're gonna just leave it at that. All right. So um, um, I like, like my, I said, I like my I like my water 32 degrees, please. <laughs> So, uh, from no this more, point no on, nah, that, that's dead. That was that was last decade. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, like he said, you know, it's all about putting the best foot forward and steel sharpening steel. So, my shout outs to you guys and to all the folks out there supporting us and giving us the love back. I really appreciate it. And if y'all got suggestions you want to hear, make us better, please. We 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 take all criticism constructively. You know what I'm saying? So. That's what I got to say. Yep. JP, see, this is what I'm talking about. Shut foot. Shut out. Falling, you falling, you falling, brother. I know you're supposed to. You, 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 timing, my brother. Timing, timing. timing. <laughs> all right. Next time I just cut him off. Next time, like, all right, TJ, that's enough. Let me get in here and get my shout outs. Anyway, Go ahead, man. man. Shout outs to the man. Shout-outs to the mayor, of course, for making this show possible. Shout-outs to my man, TJ. You ain't you ain't a new member no more. You've been on one show before, so you're not new now. This is your second show, so stop it. Um, Shout-outs to the listeners, of course. And um, it's good to be alive, man. That's all I can say. It's good to be alive. Facts. Yeah. I guess it's good to be alive, man. It is what it is. I'm not going to go through it. Let me tell you something. we say that, but when you go through an episode, things start to change, brother. Nah, so, you know, I, we'll talk. We'll talk. And you know, I, I'm, you know I'm going to get on you about some things, and you know you know what it's about. You, you, I, trust me, I know. And with that being said, you know, the Starting Five group, the Starting Five podcast on Facebook, that's the new home. Please, please go join the group. Chill with us there. Give us topics and conversations to talk about. Hit us up at the starting five show at gmail.com. Y'all know all the other places, any streaming platform to find us. You can listen to the show. Anchor.fm is the new home for the show. Um, the website is under construction right now, so I'm not going to give the website just yet because we got, I got some, got some remodeling to do and uh, reconfiguring things to do. But, uh, yeah, it is what it is. It's TJ and JP. This is Boy the Mayor. We say peace, and we'll see y'all on the next show. Peace!